All right, ladies and gentlemen, we took a field trip up to Level Cross and Petty Museum, had an incredible sit down with the king himself and Dale Edmonds. So tune in tomorrow. That drops on NASCAR's YouTube page. But right now, we're going to break down all things Talladega from right here in the museum, surrounded by a bunch of trophies and old cars. So let's get right into it. This is Stacking Pennies. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're just out here stacking pennies. And we're in it. Hey guys, Core of the Joy here, sitting alongside my three best buds anybody could ever ask for. To my left, Ryan Flores. Hey man, it's pretty cool to be sitting here and level cross around all this history. A lot of history here. Um, a lot of ice cold takes coming up on this show by yours truly, Jonathan Merriman. You know, I'm gonna try to be nice to you today, so it's good to see you. Frosty. Why are you trying to be, why are you trying to be nice to me? Let's turn a new leaf. I don't want you to be nice to me. Bring the heat. I'm just glad. I had enough heat brought up some trophies, so. A lot of trophies here. I don't even know what to do. I'm starting to get uncomfortable. And then last but not least, Chuck Bush. All cleaned up, got the comb over. Yeah, mm. man. You're refreshing the look. Yeesh. You know, coming up here to Level Cross, you gotta, gotta look uh, like you're from the 60s, right? That's you what I'm look very for. You look very nice today. You look very presentable. Are all 200 trophies in here? Oh, there's a lot, buddy. Oh, I don't know. I mean, there are a lot. I don't it's know. Close. There's a couple short ones in here. That would be pretty discouraged if actually somebody gave me that little one that's four inches tall. But somebody had to win it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that they were ever worried about the trophy. I think they were more worried about the money at the yeah. time. They were definitely worried about like, you know, 700 bucks. But uh, what'd you all think about that sit down we just had with RP coming out tomorrow? I was uh, listening to every single word sitting on the edge. I mean, it was a great, good interview. I mean, anytime you get guys like that who have been around since pretty much day one yeah. of this sport. Yeah. It's just, I mean, and we're surrounded by the history here. Richard Petty was born, what? Couple hundred yards that way, about a hundred to my right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the first, you know, garage that they worked in, 150 yards back that way. It's freaking sweet. Year 75 of NASCAR tied all together with a about an hour long sit down with the two of the greatest to do it. It's do you think cool. you and Flores will be that that tight when you're in your your mid to upper 80s? You know, Probably. They're like an old married couple. They really are. Hilarious. He can come over to my house and see all my trophies. <laughs> <laughs> They're giving him out for second place now. Yeah. Hey now, oh. Easy. how about Janie? Just yeah. putting the voodoo on us this week. Yes. Yeah, Are oh, we gonna finish Blaine. second? Well, when we finished second, I looked at my phone and she said, <laughs> "Second Tough. again." Tough like, crowd. Uh, you guys probably were in good shape until I wrecked Joey. So if he just didn't get yeah, in my way, just didn't wreck Joey. Bring caution well, out. We'd have been in good shape. Well, it was Joey's fault for getting in my way. Yeah. Well, now nah, that was that looked tough. So like. I barely touched him, dude. Maybe Kyle was, it was like Maybe our pain is. I took that as a compliment. <laughs> I don't. Well, like I really did. Before, yeah. Here's my thing. I'm not paid to be a nice guy to pass or an easy guy to pass. Let's go back to that. What happened with 22 and the 47? You feel like you just pushed him like 10 feet too early, or? No. So, we had made the top somewhat go. So yeah. the 47 was leading the line. I was pushing him. The 31 was pushing me. We actually made some hay. And we got to where the 47 was clear, but we lost some help. And as soon as we lost some help, the outside lane went backwards, yeah. kind of reshuffled. And we were trying to make some something happen just because there was, you know, four or five to go. And I wasn't content to just be eighth or ninth in line yeah. and run 18th. So we were trying to make some stuff happen. Stenhouse was pushing me back to the front. And Joey kind of got shucked to the top and was going like 
eight or nine mile an hour slower than us. And I caught him and I was hoping just to give him a little bit of like a push to get going because I was dragging brake up to him and just breathe on him enough to spin him out. And that was the end of it. Well, you day. closed on him quick and you can tell that you checked up getting to him and you tried to like yeah. softly push him, but the run you can get out of four, like if you were to pick him up, the run that you would get, I mean, you would that'd make the top lane run. Oh, you yeah, added two. Yeah. But, but um, definitely tough to make track position outside of flipping somebody on pit strategy, which that's kind of the evolution of this car, I think. The car, um, the guy that's 35th is, could be just as fast in the pack as the guy running first. And it really is where you come off pit road. Yep. And the first, you have to get in the first two or three rows of a line to be able to kind of shuffle around. Yeah. But once you're fourth, fifth car and back, it's hard to go anywhere, which, you know, there's a lot of factors that, that play into that. Cars handle really good. Uh, the, the closing rate's not super fast on these cars, so it's easy to block runs. So calling a super clean pit strategy race to try to get your car in front of the other guys on pit strategy is, is kind of where it's at anymore. But there were still a lot of people there. There was a ton of people in the stands and a lot of people in the end. It was, great, it was time, great to dude. see. Crowd looked good. I thought the race on TV presented well. I, I enjoyed it. I don't yeah. know if you've got, gone back and watched any of it, but I have not. Uh, it, it was entertaining. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't mind it. I mean, it's speedway racing. You just have a little bit. You still have options. You just have less options, right, of what works, what doesn't work. Every speedway race has always turned into single file around the top at some point mm -hmm. in time. So, like, I don't want to – I know we do a podcast for NASCAR, and that was pointed out this week by a couple of people. But like, I don't want to wear my NASCAR hat too bad. But I'm not going to sit here and be like one of the people that jumps on board just to bash every race we run. Like every super speedway race gets strung out single file. It wasn't single file at all this week. It was just hard to get a third lane to come. And the 23, no matter where he ended up, seemed like he had the fastest car, and he always ended up back at the front. He was super fast. So like, it still is the same type of speedway racing where the fastest car is the 91 was it two stages and the 10 one stage that, so the nine one stage 10 one stage and then they were you know the 23 is 23 and the 12 are fast all day they keep cycling in the front it's still the fastest cars that ended up at the front of these races chuck do you think i'm a pain in the i mean i wouldn't use those words no i feel like if kyle has a pain in his you should probably get it checked <laughs> there's doctors for that there are there are but i mean you know it, that's, I, I think it's a lot to say that about what happened and all that stuff, you know, I consider. Here's my thing that I don't understand. I could see him calling me that if, like, he's lapping me for, like, the third time and I'm smashing his door. You're running 23rd. I'm running 22nd. I'm not just going to move over and let you go. Well, you've talked like, about what are you talking about? You've talked about it before that with Ross, guys aren't used to him running up front and yeah. they don't care if he's there. Shoe on the other foot. Kyle Busch isn't necessarily used to running. Having to pass me. Having to pass you, yeah. A, because you're running five to ten spots better than where you usually run, and he's running ten, ten to spots 15 worse spots worse than where he's used to run. So, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a mix of both. So, I mean, I, I would took imagine it as a compliment. Not, yeah. Really did. I, and, I mean, guess what? He's got two wins this year, you know? Like, it, yeah. was this race, you know, was it his falling back on his, like, veteran knowledge of how to run a race that got him the win? Maybe. No. No? no was it luck? Yeah, a little bit lucky. And Corey, he was uh, Corey. He was mad at Corey, so he was motivated. Well, you yeah, helped win the race, bringing yeah. out that caution. Yeah, oh. re-racked it for him. You're welcome. Yeah. Yep. See, call me a pain in the. See what happens. Yeah. We'll win your race. <laughs>
You totally redeem yourself. <laughs> yeah. But like, are you okay? Are you like, are you okay with that? Are you okay with like the winningest driver in NASCAR history to be frustrated with you? Like, you are you yeah. perfectly mentally fine with that? There's Richard nothing. Petty was frustrated with him. Just Sorry. talking about the NASCAR. The modern Just talking era. about yeah, NASCAR series. National um, series. Yeah. Uh, because there's I some would, people that wouldn't be, and like, I feel like you have to be okay with that. I would rather him call me a pain in the than like a really nice guy to race around because that would mean I'm just bowing out every time he gets around me. Yeah. Like my job isn't like I don't get paid to be an easy pass. You know, like it's just also I wouldn't have keep I wouldn't keep getting called back for the last seven years to drive a cup car if there was somebody else that was a yeah. harder pass. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like No, you gotta be like you have to be okay with it, right? The last guy I yelled at like that in Martinsville, he won a lot of races. Old Who, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy? He passed me in uh, he, I was holding him up, and he comes off of four. I don't know what year this was. Jimmy Seventeen, yeah. And he literally lays black marks, tank slaps it all the way down the straightaway. This is my rookie year. Passes me, and I'm holding him up, like not knowing when to give or take. Yeah. Or what, right. And I was probably three or four laps down, and I'm hanging on his right recorder, and he comes off four and kind of like does one of those like clear with contacts, and roasts, tank slaps it all the way down the straightaway, and I'm like. Oh my God, I must not be doing something right because this guy's leading, literally laying black marks dragster style um, with a big hand out the window, like, yo. And I was like, oh, maybe I was holding him up. Like, <laughs> I just, you, you don't really know. But different scenario than what I found myself in last Sunday, Martinsville with Kyle Bush. I'm not going to, like, my elbows are going to be out even more so now. You know, Ross runs into these guys, Ross is holding his ground. Like, you can't give up ground. And if anything, like the next, five to eight years, 10 years of my career are gonna be racing with him even more. And he's gonna know that if he drives into my left rear three times, he's gonna get the door next time. But That's if anything, isn't that making the racing in general just that much more exciting? If you know he's battling with you back there in 23rd, Ross Chastain's doing what he's doing, like it's creating more excitement and more competition on the track throughout the field. I think everybody should think everybody is a pain of the to race with. Yes. They all do. We're, we're close. We're yeah. close to that, right? And that's where it's not new, right? Like I was studying up on, on Richard Petty and was listening to him. The first time that he raced, like remembers seeing Dale Earnhardt on the track, Dale wrecked him the first lap of Martinsville. The <laughs> lap uno. In the one, Dale went through the grass, smashed Richard Petty, wrecked him. And after the race, Richard went up and put his finger in his chest and said, never do that again, right? And they're like, it's not a new thing. There's just 40 aggressive guys instead of four. Yeah. Right? How does that translate to Talladega? Like, well, here's the thing. If you were, if you were a pain, quote, if I was a pain in the d to race with, you wouldn't be able to push somebody without, like I pushed the 47 essentially to the lead of the outside lane. Like, kind of like you pushed Joey? No, different. Oh. Joey, Joey was going 15 mile an hour slower than what he should have so been. So did he pull up? Do you feel like he... He was in between, he like with the top lane was coming and he was like in between, like, do I take it? Do I not take it? Do I take it? Do I not take it? And it was like, ah, 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 ah. and then late phew, spun oh, out. Yeah. yeah. And even so, like he was going so slow, he'd have bogged us down and the outside lane wouldn't have went anywhere anyway. So it was just, yeah. I mean, I didn't want to wreck the guy. No, I mean, no. he's a buddy, but it ended my day too. Right. Yeah. But on the, on the contrary, you know, the eight is just was content to stay in the in the bottom lane and keep picking them off one at a time. As guys start choosing the middle lane, he goes from seventh to fifth to third, and the seats parted for him, and he was in the right spot at the right time there with, 
you know, Bubba throwing a couple late blocks and doing what he had to do to win just came up a little short. What do you think about? So did you did you, you didn't get to watch anything back at all? Mm -mm. So the last caution, Randall called him in the pit road. And yeah. He, I don't I don't know if he was like I kind of watched it where it was time and he said too late. So I don't know if he was past equipment cone or the box or if he just was like, no, nah, we're we made our bed, we we're gonna lay in it, which. Well, they Probably can do that when they when you can, have a win. When you got a win in the bank and your playoff tickets punched, yeah. why not try to go for it? Because but you Randall know you're not going to win. Randall told him to pit. Yeah. So, like, what caliber of a driver do you have to be to make that decision? Like, what, well, what do, you do? do you make that decision, or do you have to be someone mm, like Kyle Busch? Uh, well, if if I'm in the top five and Sparks tells me to pit on a green checkered, I'm probably not pit. Like, because you know you're not going to win if you pit. Right, you you know that there is a 50-50 chance you run out of fuel or you don't. So, in my case, I would have probably done the same thing. But then again, you have a lot more leeway when you're a 62-time Cup winner and two-time yeah. champion, and also your playoff berth is already punched. Right, so it's a big difference between because right right now we're trying to get the those six or seven points to keep us in front of those guys that were. You know, shouldn't be in points ahead of points right now. We're still trying to like manage those small, those small numbers. But if you're Kyle Busch, you can kind of audible at the line, Peyton Manning style. But it paid off. Couple big, couple big wrecks right there at the end. The five takes a big shot in the door. Forty-one stuffs him, and um, and everybody was, I saw was up in arms about the in-car camera. Newsflash, guys. When you're driving a race car at 185 miles an hour, it hurts when you crash. It hurts if you've got a fender bender at 25 miles an hour. So I think that there is a element that people forget or take for granted that this stuff's dangerous. Everything like, did its job. What were, like, well, I don't like people are like, look at the seat move. The seat's supposed to move a little. Like it's got to dissipate the energy. It's, it's designed to do that. Yeah. Is it not? Yeah. Everything like, in that car, from a frontal impact, in the cockpit, did exactly what it should have done. His Hans locked out. He didn't hit his head on the steering wheel. Like came back, like everything. It looked violent sitting, because it's violent. It's a violent crash. It was forty some odd G's, forty G's. That's a big, big, big hit. So um, obviously the NASCAR is taking both those cars back to the R and D center to to go through them and you know look at some different areas. That was the first big T bone crash that we've seen, uh, and luckily everybody walked away unscathed. Couple they rolled a couple in the Xfinity race. That was fairly exciting. It was an exciting Jebediah game. Burton gets yeah, the man. first second. Shout out, shout out to Dog Ear. Oh. Yeah. He raced the Dog Ear out of that car. He did race the Dog Ear yeah. out of that car for the Tau Day's been good to him. He's won uh, twice there in the last three years. So He had some interesting things to say about Chandler Smith, too, afterwards. I, I know I sent it to Flores, but he basically, uh, I guess they had some issues last week, but he, he said Chandler Smith raced like an idiot this week, raced like an idiot last week. I guess Chandler was mad at him, said something in the media. And, he said he quote hit everything but the pace car last week. So they were, they were, they were, they were going back and forth. Speaking of good quotes before we move on the car next to you, famous quote tied to that. That's a fire extinguisher car. That's, get the fire extinguisher. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it. Yeah, that's, that's it right it. there. It's on fire right wow. there. The last rod. It's pretty uh, cool. Get the fire extinguisher. <laughs> uh, speaking of fire, Jordan Anderson. Shout out to Jordan Anderson. Big catches big on fire. Last race there, and then comes come back, back like gets a, the dub. Like fun a Phoenix. Fact, He's I got a fun burn, fact. born out of the flames there. First race car ever built in North Carolina. Legend car for Jordan Anderson. Now look at him. Now look at him. He's actually got real He's mechanics. Way better cars. than me. Good for him fighting the good fight.
Keep him going. That's, I mean, that's one for the good guys, Jeb and Jordan both. That was pretty cool. Thousand percent. Pretty cool to see. Happy about that for sure. It's happy to see a Chevy or Hendrick car not be on the pole at a super speedway. Denny's and first pole. Are you Toyotas kidding? usually don't like. This is first pole at super don't speedway. Qualify well at super speedways. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you're talking about a three-time Daytona 500 winner not winning a super Man. speedway pole. That's not, super, that's not super surprising, though, just because, generally speaking, the cars that qualify on the, on the pole or front row are good in general at a speedway are super trimmed out, so they get in traffic and don't drive great. Uh, but that wasn't the case. The Toyotas were strong start to finish with Denny on the pole, like you said, but Bubba probably had one of the fastest cars. Tyler Reddick had a fast car until he locked her rears up on coming on a pit road, which... It's way easier. Yo, the four, yeah, the 14, 14 did, did the too. same thing. He spun around everybody, and he had his broke finger, and he was like, oh, I'm trying not to hit it really? on the steering wheel. Yeah, so the thing is, is, you know, it's easy to look, sit there on the couch while you're eating your, you know, Bojangles Chicken Supremes and laugh at somebody that busts their ass getting on pit road. The first time you ever check your brakes at a speedway is usually coming to a hot green flag pit stop, you right? You it the hard way. You don't know what your bias is. You don't get practice. Generally at Daytona, you have a practice hot pit road entry just to see which tires lock up first, fronts, rears, or if the car settles down. Now with no practice, you literally just, you full commit from 200 miles an hour down to 45 or 55 miles an hour. And those cars, the 14 and the 45, had a little bit too much rear percentage and locked the rears up and just swapped ends and you're just a passenger. So something I thought was interesting going back to qualifying was Boyer was talking about it being all crumbs, right? Like it's pennies rather. That's what we yeah, call it basically here. stacking pennies is what he was talking about. But the procedure of where they call you down and then stop you before you go out. So you have to hit the brakes yeah. before you roll down on pit road. So talk, just yeah. pull pulled brake pads back and safety wire them. So there's absolutely no drag on the rotors and they ran into something last year where a team tied him back and the driver didn't remember to pop the safety the safety wire and about knock the official over. So now you have to roll, do a burnout, roll to the official, and actually come to a stop. That way it works. It makes it um, so they can tell all your brakes work. And there were some teams playing some shenanigans last year of disconnecting three brakes and hooking one up and using right rear to stop the car, but they got rid of all of that. It's good to see. I, Less shenanigans. How much of it? With this car, it just comes down to horsepower. A lot of it. Is it because like that's how I've always felt. Like you do a there's, lot on speedway cars, fit and finish wise. How like there's some OEMs. I think, you know, I think Chevys are a little more draggy now with a little more of a downforce built in their nose, so they haven't qualified quite as good at a speedway like we saw at Talladega, um, which is why they've been running good at the intermediates and some other places, short tracks, because they elected to just forego a little bit less drag for the downforce piece, and I think you see. But at the end of the day, man, it's, it's not called chassis sports. It's called motorsports. Motorsports. You got to have <laughs> a stop pull up. Chassis, chassis sports. Caster sports. It's not called that. Oh, it's called motorsports. You got to have yeah. a motor to pull that rig. You um, have to have? Good pit crew. You got to have a good pit crew. Let's break down who the best pit crew was on pit road. In pit road boats and woes right after this. Pit road, boats, and woes. <laughs> Eight team gets it done, but who's the best picker on pit road? So the fastest team, fastest pit stop of the week, 99 car, 11 seconds, which is like an 11 flat. 
Which here, that just means they had to take the least amount of fuel, but they still did a good job putting tires on it. Best four, best four tire average was the one car, but the dog of the week, Justin White. Gas man of the eight car. Big country. Big country, he's a dog. Oh yeah, coming in and, and keeping that thing full, getting to the end, it was it, it, a little old school there at the end, 54 drops out of line, 10 car drops out of line, they're running out of gas down the back stretch, like who's gonna make it? Uh, I don't love like old school fuel mileage races, but, but a, one every now and then it's kind of fun. Gotta, gotta factor it in, and guys who save, he was, and that's, all, that's another variable too where you know, Kyle was never in the first three or four cars of a line. He was kind of mired back in traffic most of the day, so he was able to run 60, 70% and save more fuel than the guys up front of him. So it all it all worked out for a reason. Also, we already touched on guys busting their ass getting on pit road. That's it, always something you see there. How much harder is it with a sequential shifter now? Is it easier? Like, can you pop that thing by accident? Like, da-da! It'll go into gear. So even if your revs aren't matched, it'll grab the gear and it'll, it'll slow the tires down of whatever rate the engine's spinning. So I don't know what happened with the 14, because like he bailed. I don't, I don't know if you've seen it, but it was pretty I, He locked bad. the rears up. Did he just lock mm -hmm. the rears up? Yeah. That thing did not slow down at all. Well, because the thing too, it's like you're running, say 2,000 pound, 2,500 pound springs in a rear. So when that thing heaves on the nose, it's literally got no weight no in the rear tires. Zero. Yeah. So you combine that with no weight on the rear tires and then too just much rear bias. Hump. There's no hop. It's just, they stop turning. Oh, and they stop, and then you just spin. Mm -hmm. Like the old bandolero. Well, you, you, they, the rear tires stop, and then even after you let them go, they still don't catch up to how fast the vehicle's going. Do you remember that? Racing bandoleros? Oh, yeah. When one, one kid would wreck, and then everybody <laughs> would spin out behind them. <laughs> <laughs> but this week, going to Dover, it, you know, uh, this this starts. Love the old video of Matt Kenseth backwards up on the wall. Did you ever see that you pulled in Martinsville? I did see that. Yeah, you should look that video up. It's pretty bad. Um, these next couple weeks, April all through May, look at Dover, <laughs> Kansas, Darlington, North Wilkesboro, the Coke 600. Yeah. The next break, I think you get from Pitt Road, then you go to, then you go to uh, Worldwide Technology there in St. Louis, and then even Sonoma's, you know, a rough race on uh, on tires. So this next stretch of races, dude, on Pit Road, you're gonna it's you gotta gonna earn separate. That the men from the boys or the dogs. From the, the dogs the, from the kittens. Be a dog. Don't be a cat meowing. Be a dog. We're going <laughs> to find out who the dogs are. Yeah, so I'm excited to get to Dover and, and see. You know, this is this will make up the the meteor season um, before you get to the playoffs to see, you know, who, who's good or who has work to do um, before we get kind of in the road course season. We run a couple of road courses there back to back and then get fired off for the playoffs, he was good. Mer Merriman looked like he had an ice-cold take brew, and what did you have earlier? Oh, no, I was going to say, I don't look forward to Dover, but I will say one of my most fond memories as a NASCAR fan is watching Jimmy Johnson spin in qualifying at Dover <gasps> and not hit anything. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. One of, the, one of the most incredible driving NASCAR feats of all time. Probably the most. I, I can opinion. agree. Six spins or whatever it was. It looked Jeff like, looked like, like little double helix DNA black marks going back there. Um, unbelievable. It's a, for DNA of a god, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson. Johnson. He's a dog. Dog. For sure. Oh, yeah. Why don't you like why don't you like Dover? Eh, it's just not my favorite place. I think this car is gonna be it's gonna put on a good show. Last year was great. Yeah. The, the past three years that track has been great. I, I think agree with what you said. I it's think perfect it's a perfect one place. It's a perfect one one race market. Yeah. It's like it's like Bristol on steroids. I think the tire that Goodyear is gonna bring is gonna get the track super rubbered down. It's gonna be wide. And then caution comes out, all the old rubber's picked up, and it's a new, 
track again. I think it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be a good race. It's going to be super wide, a lot of lanes. I think we're going to run good. We we were running like 13th there until Amigo drove in the corner straight and got me in the door last year. We'll call it what it is. The infield sucks at that place, and when it rains, like a horse track. That, when it, but when it rains, it's like Annie sees that. I heard somebody oh. use that analogy today. Everything turns gray because like the pebbles from the track, and I was like, that is the perfect analogy. So hopefully, it looks like there might be some rain this weekend. Hopefully That's why Merriman doesn't like it because he has to do a lot more walking, walking in the infield. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be used to it. It is. It yeah. is. It was. It was. It was couched in a, you know, an exercise joke, but it's yeah. definitely a fat joke. Well, we're gonna keep this show nice and tidy and short for you guys because we have a long one for you to guys to enjoy tomorrow with Richard Petty and Dale Emmons. So we got some Penny for your thoughts, questions. Janie, what do we got? First question comes from race fan Murph, and he wants to know if you could build a racetrack like Pocono, where all the turns are modeled after other tracks, which tracks would you pick for each corner? It's a great question. Um, that would, well, that would insinuate that it'll be a three, three corner track, and I don't want a three corner track. I want a two corner track. I would, if I were to build a racetrack, I would build a, like a Richmond sized, a little bit smaller banked like Bristol or more progressive with like one degree of progression progression per lane not like because Bristol right now I believe is four degrees different from bottom to the top it would be like two and a half hmm. but like 36 degrees a little really? bit of D front straightaway separate the men from the dogs so you so you don't have like three tracks that you'd pick corners from you don't have three favorite corners or four favorite corners man I kind of like I like one and two of Charlotte's pretty cool. It's fast and it's got, a big, it. it's got a big drop. Um, I think that if you did like Charlotte one and two and like like Dover one and two. Oh yeah. That'd be pretty cool. It'd be yeah, like that, that would one. be like shaped kind of like Darlington too. Like make it yeah. like a like a mile, like a little bit over a mile. That'd be gnarly. Ooh. What'd you do? One, one half one concrete, concrete yeah. one half <laughs> asphalt. Hell yeah. Oh. Our next question comes from Autopilot388. What is the oddest seat you've ever had to mold? As in, who had the most off-the-wall seating position that worked for them? Um, I poured a couple ones. Heck, I even poured one for Kevin Harvick uh, last week. His body is fairly normal size, though, and like normal scale. I've done some ones where guys like a lot of lumbar in their low back, like they have a big jut out or a super spine sticking out. So seeing all shapes and sizes what what's the there are a lot of talk about seats this week and interiors what's the worst you've seen a lot of stuff i don't think you i don't think maybe people that listen to this just know you as a driver don't realize like how involved you've been with safety and the amount of short track guys and stuff you've seen mounting seats and helping people build seats what's the sketchiest seat mounting job you've ever seen i've seen a lot of well i've seen the 316th popper of it holding the back of a seat in before that was it yeah one, one three sixteenths big headed painted blue rivet <laughs> holding the back. Aluminum or steel? Hopefully it was Avex. I think it was a steel rivet. But uh, the biggest thing is what I see a lot is guys don't know how to wrap the belts. Yeah. They don't lock the belts. So if you hit hard enough, the belts would literally just come apart. Yeah. So read into how to freaking lock your belts, ladies and gentlemen, if you're driving if a race you, car. If you don't know how to lock your belts, Hashtag Penny for your thoughts, and Corey will show you. Yeah, and I'll do a loop it, a swoop it, and a pull. Yep. And get you dialed in. 
Sean O asks, choosing one driver from the major U.S. touring series, IndyCar, IMSA, NASCAR, World of Outlaws, and Lucas Dirt, who do you party with on the Talladega Boulevard? Hmm, I like this question. Connor Daly would be a time. I think he, you know, he'd have a couple, he'd have a couple drinks, jam an EpiPen in his leg, get a little <laughs> bump, <laughs> keep it digging. Yeah. Who else would be cool? Yeah, Connor Daly would be fun. Oh man, who who were those? Rocky was cool to hang out with. Mike Rockenfeller, the guy driving the Garage 56 car, he was my teammate at the Roval and Watkins Glen last year. What Indy car? German guy. Hang on. Scotty McLaughlin. Scotty's. Scotty. Yeah, he'd be a good time. What about what about like a dirt dirt racer? You know, like I I seen Gordy Gundacker hanging out at Talladega. So like, so like I think there's like like Connor. New Garden? Shane or Scotty. Scotty. Dirt guy. You got to take blue. We, like when there. you talk about dirt guys, they go another level. Like it's a. That's that's another level. He's not. Yeah, There's he party in one thing. And there's just party going in aliens. WFO. You know how we talk yeah. about there's like a there's like a big difference between like Xfinity and cup racing. There's a big difference between cup party cup and, and, dirt and dirt car partying. Yes. Yeah. And they, I just, we just don't. We ain't got any professionals out of it. I got Those kids. guys are the professionals. Yeah. I got kids now. Can't yeah. be doing that. I think we have one more question from Mary. Yeah, I have a question. Uh, for those who don't know, they will hear it on the broadcast this weekend. They always call Dover a self-cleaning racetrack. For a new fan, what does that mean? Uh, well, it wakes up in the morning, brushes his teeth. Um, yeah, and puts his deodorant on like a good boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the self-cleaning element of Dover is um, the straightaways are banked. So the corners have, I don't know, 20 four degrees which are fairly steep but the the straightaways unlike a lot of places we go to still have probably 12 degrees of banking so you'll see some people generally off of two get loose and there's a big elevation change from the bottom of the banking up to the straightaway and if you get light with some wheel to it it'll swap ends on it and everything just funnels down to the inside lane so if somebody's spinning out in front of you coming off a corner you generally like in days of thunder you aim right for them by the time you get there they should be out of the way hitting the inside fence. That's I not just what I that's thought that was. So there's two different ways you can look at it, right? There's, I thought it was the concrete, rubber pump peeling off the concrete under cautions. But then that wouldn't be self-cleaning. Then that would be car cleaning. You're wrong. I'm wrong. Just what? change tires this weekend, dude. See, look, I see it. I see it. So I, I didn't even know where you were going with that. Yeah. Self-cleaning. You've never heard that? Cars thrown out down the yeah. straightaway, right? Huh. Into the inside lane. But then I see your your point would be Yeah, I thought long the track, green like, run, see if it goes 40 laps, the Tracks black from bottom to like three quarter mark. Caution comes out. The hot tires pick up all the, the rubber, rubber yeah. and then the tracks back. In your defense, clean. when's the last time you watched a full race broadcast? Because you've been working. I mean, I watch them because I uh, do a podcast on Tuesdays. Yeah. I try to educate myself. Uh, I try it. And uh, yeah, so I go back and I, I watch them back. I'm still sitting here thinking <laughs> about okay. Miles Monster said, brushing okay. his teeth in the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think um, that big old monster coming off. You of think he perch. uses that egg powder toothpaste? I think he's a sensitive guy. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, there's dough for every five or six years is good for like the big pile up on the backstretch, though. Uh-huh. We're due for a good pile up. Oh, yeah. My favorite's when, like a, when now, somebody gets a thing, chunk of coke. The, the thing about the cup cars now, though, the, with the bigger brakes and wider tire patches, it's easier to slow down. So you would see those big wrecks where guys just can't, like, it's blind. So you're in the gas in one and two, and you're just committed, and you're like, oh, boy, oh, oh please turn, turn, turn. And by the time you come up out of the hole, 
if somebody spun around, you have no time to slow down. What's but, it feel like? Because sometimes, like, if you're on a roller coaster or something like that, when you when you hit those heavy G corners, it'll make you a little dizzy or disoriented. Do you feel that mm-hmm. driving the car? This Dover will wear you out more than anywhere else just because you're, you get literally slammed into the seat. So it's a 400, 400 laps? Yeah, 400 laps, so 800 times. It used to be Boom. 500. Boom. Yeah. Brutal. So you're, your low back's blasted. Your neck's generally blasted just because – um, most of the time you get like your neck sore from holding your head up this way at Dover, you get the, like the vertical load and your helmet goes down this way like this. Um, so the back of your neck gets sore just cause I mean, your head probably weighs 60 pounds for 800 times. So it's worse than Bristol. Yeah. Cause you're going faster. Cause you're going faster. You could do like what's your old man and like what some of these cars here in the Petty Museum, just tie the strap off your helmet to the roll bar. Dad, dad had a story his first time. <laughs> The first time we went to Dover, they had those straps that used to go around your arm and hook to your helmet. Yeah. And, like, you had – it was adjustable. And Dad said that he starts getting tired, you know, lap 50, lap 100, and he keeps yanking it, keeps yanking it. And he said all it was doing is just making his shoulder closer to his (laughs) ear as he was falling out of the seat like this, trying to hang on to that thing. But back in the day when these guys were driving these things 500 laps at Dover, Oh, dude. That's when men were men. Oh, look at how big the steering wheel is. It's like I a know. school bus steering wheel. Yeah. Yep. Just the cojones on those guys. And some would say y'all have got the same cojones uh, racing there on Sunday this year. You're going faster. We are going considerably faster. Um, it's just different. It's the same but different. You've had success here in the East Car quite a bit. You know, you think, one, that, one. You think that that era of Larson, Chase, Blaney, Daryl. Yeah. Sergio, Suarez. isn't it? Yeah. But the, the, the guys that are in the Cup Series now, they seem to run good here even in the Cup cars. Yeah. This, is that because you this is some like a place that you guys always kind of circled in the calendar? That's a place where most of us had laps when we were young, right, yeah. 18, 19 years old. So you've probably raced here in Loudoun as much as anywhere just because it was on the schedule of the K&N East Series. So, but then again, I mean, I would say Chase has kind of picked up Jimmy Slack of being the best at Dover. I mean, he gets yeah. around there really good. He's um, only got two wins though, but it is his best race, his best non-road course racetrack. Really? Yeah, I mean, he he also gave that one up that that Kyle Busch ran him down on the high side past him. So there's been uh, several times he's been in contention. He's tough there, so but he needs a he needs a dub, yeah. and this is his shot to do it if, if he's going to do it this weekend. Cool. And it's your shot to give us a like, download, share, rate, review, and fire off a tweet hashtag Penny for your thoughts. But guys. The reason why we were up here, why we drove an hour and a half up the road, was to sit down with the king himself and Dale Inman. Two Hall of Famers joined us for an unfiltered interview that's going to be dropped tomorrow, Thursday, 3 p.m. on all streaming platforms, and the full video is going to be on YouTube. You guys are not going to want to miss it. Just like you're not going to want to miss that worth 400 at Dover Motor Speedway this weekend, we have a date with Miles, and it's going to be wild Sunday. 2 p.m. FS1. Be there. Appreciate you guys. Oh, Penny Stock of the Week. Colby from Mississippi. Shout out, Colby. Talk to you next week.